The next stop is Knickerbocker Avenue. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's Fortune 500. Uh-huh. Our burn hits production. That's right. And we repping for the New York Knicks. Live from the garden, the Knicks game starting. The blue and the orange, the best five starting. Regardless if it's close or a large margin, we hungry for a win. The fan base starving. Bound and astounded. Fishing and we swishing. We run the whole city. Ain't no competition. From Patrick to Willis, Frazier to Strickland. The next generation, we carry on tradition. Year after year. than Michael Buffer and, and, uh, and um, the Fink. <laughs> man, that was great, man. You Ladies doing? and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of... Oh, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> if you if you want to hear that full version of of, 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 of me impersonating the road dog impersonating uh, um, Michael Buffer, you can go back into the archives. This is way back in the day when I did that. And I used to do it on a regular, but now I'm not doing that now. I'm, I'm a little too old for that. But you know, Steve, how I you doing? Man? Guy, you, 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 you did. That's right. You, you, you did it a lot. I totally forgot about that. That is true. That is facts, though. You're right. You're right. But maybe I don't know. Maybe if you know, if if, if I can say that we're the NBA champions of the world. But until then, we can't do that. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve you know that that moment for everybody. But hey. Um, today's you know it's it's gonna be a good year. Possibilities are there. Everything is on. How are you doing, Steve? I'm good, man. Um, look forward to this episode. We're gonna talk uh your fanumentary orange and the blues. We'll do uh read and react and Q and A with yourself, Av, and we got Don with us. We'll bring him on real quick because I know you wanted to talk about uh Dolan. Something I have no idea uh with the uh the the, the news that was said about ownership or something, but I'll let you guys explain it. Denardo DP, the last time we discussed, man, I thought the Jets were on the, some AFC Conference Championship passes. I am so sorry that happened opening night with uh, number eight, green number eight. But how you doing, bro? How you doing? Good evening, Steven. Good evening, Av. Oh, Steve, I remember you texted me, too. I'm like, oh, my God, this can't be happening. But you know what? I, I, we're too old, guys. We move on quickly. So, yeah, it's sports. We love it, but we we do a we do a job. So, 
We'll be fine. You know what? You know what, Dom? um, After I saw that, I really and I genuinely really wanted to do a buddy check on you because I was really concerned. Because yeah, yeah, that's crazy. and it's, yeah, exactly. It happens. Then they lost, the, you know. Then they, you know, um, you, you know that the horrible loss against Dallas themselves, and, and, and then, um, then all of a sudden, Saquon Barkley had missed an ankle injury. Luckily, it's only just an ankle sprain, but still, it's like, um, what's going on in New York that you, you know ankles are just being broken, and it's not on the basketball court. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody actually yeah. mentioned that, and it was crazy. They they actually mentioned that there's something wrong with Sunday and Monday night football. Remember, Rodgers, and then you got Nick Chubb. His leg looked like, what, a, a damn sp- piece of spaghetti, you know, and the guy on the Panthers out for the season, the yeah. linebacker, Monday night football. I mean, I don't believe in curses. I just think, you know, it's football, guys. Y'all, y'all know football far more than me. It definitely happens in that sport. But – yeah, yeah, absolutely. Accidents on Monday Night Football, fellas. <laughs> All right, yo, hey guys, let's get, uh, for the next ten minutes. Av, you want to bring up the uh, your, your your thoughts on what you were reiterating about Dolan and you and Don could go back and forth. So go, I'll sit back and uh, explain what happened, and, and if you and Don want you to have that conversation I, for the I, next ten minutes. I, I I I honestly would feel bad for me, you know, for opening up because actually Dom like brought it to my attention, even though. I heard an alert, but then he told me about it, and then I, he actually, I actually looked up the, the post, which I sent to you, um, Steve. So, Dom, why don't you lead this one off? Because I think that you can do it better justice than I can, even though I, I'll, I'll chime in in a second. So, please, lead the way on this one. It, honestly, guys, it, it's kind of weird because we know, we know James Dolan. And, you know, he's probably taken as much beating as he could take. Most of it rightfully deserved. But in this case, he was like, you know, it sounds corny to us because you're an owner. But he said, <laughs> sometimes owning a team ain't fun, you know. Because, I, I, again, guys, we've been together for a long time. We've seen the ups and downs all around with, with James Dolan. And there are people out there that don't want to let nothing that he says go because it's James Dolan. But then there's the other side of me that always says, you know what, man, he's given us the money to get the resources and for the resources to do their gig. You guys heard me say this a bunch of times, man, before the Knicks actually got their heads out there, tick-tock, tick-tock, Leon Rose, you're on the clock. Because that same James Dolan, that will say some bizarre stuff, is the one that's paying you to do said job. Granted, it's your team. We, we get that, guys. I do at least. But he says sometimes he really don't like owning the team. And I think he was aiming that more at the Knicks because for some reason, I guess he's had much more success with the Rangers. That's obvious. Don't get me wrong. But then again, with the Rangers, and this is the strange thing, guys, and maybe one of y'all could help me out. I think that total hands-on, total micromanagement-ism with the Knicks, I think that ended a while ago, fellas. I don't know if people are still on that bandwagon, but I think that ended quite some time ago, where he basically hired Steve and Av and said, you know what, guys, do your thing. And you know what, guys, at the end of the day, 
two playoff seasons in the last three years. So the guys he put in there, you might not like every move they make. This is the world we live in where everything is shock value. But, again, before this regime, we had 17 17 win seasons twice. We couldn't get out of our way, 367 losses in an eight-year span. But it seemed like to me, fellas, and, again, I'll leave it to Ab, that he kind of sort of took them hands off the reins and said, here you go, Ab, do your thing. And so far, so good. Maybe not to many, but to me, because I see the progression the Knicks have made. I've seen the baby steps that turned into good stuff. So I can't be all, let me shoot this guy in the head because of what he said. He's just being honest, fellas. I mean, we don't like it because he's James Dolan. But if you read the article, I guess he was just coming clean, man. It's not fun at Nothing is fun all the time, guys. I didn't have that career, so I'm not going to compare what I did to what the average Joe does. But if you had fun in every aspect of your life at the age you are, God bless you. God bless you, man. I'm, I'm proud of you. It, it don't happen often. But but that about sums it up, Ab. I mean, it got, okay, it got blown out of proportion. So it's James Dolan. Uh, that's what it is. It is James Dolan. James Dolan is a, is a polarizing figure in, in the city of New York at this current time. Um, he's not – I would not say that he's in the league of, let's say, George Steinbrenner was when, you, you know, when he was, um, it, you know, on the back pages of the New York Post, Daily News, and stuff like that. But he's up there um, uh, in, in a negative, infamous kind of style because of – you know, his ethics, you know, his engagement with fans, you know, his, um, his media policy and how he governs, the, you know, the Madison Square Garden Company, which owns both the Rangers and the Knicks, and, of course, his hirings and firings and just his meddling and mishandling. And, yes, you're right. Lately, it seems like he has had a complete hands-off approach, so I commend him for that. However, like – We've, I think we've said this a billion times, and, and, and when we get to the documentary, we'll, you know, we'll definitely say this, but we say this a billion times. Dom, you're probably the, the, the best one who says this. Winning fixes everything. And, yes, <laughs> yes. we've made – we've, we've gotten two playoff, you know, two playoff appearances in the last three years. Um, we do seem to be on, on the upward progression for the first time in 20-something years. Maybe, maybe let's give them 2012 as well. They were on the upward progression. And this time, it doesn't seem like he's trying to be, you know, the focal point of the situation. As a matter of fact, you, you almost can't find anybody in Madison Square Garden associated with the New York Knicks on a normal everyday basis. You kind of have to find them by, you know, by, by happenstance because Leon Rose – World Wide West and all those guys, there's an APB out on those guys. You, you, you can barely see them. They don't talk to the, to the media at all. But um, I did read the article. Um, I, I do think that some of the things that he said um, was misconstrued, and I know a lot of people were just, you know, wanted to take whatever he's saying, that being a, an owner in New York City is not fun. Well, duh. Um, because New York yeah, has know, the right? most media, media scrutiny in the world. Um, you, are the, you are either the first or the second most expensive, most valuable team in the NBA. You're among the top ten in all of North America and probably all the world. 
in, in terms of most most valuable franchises, you play most of your games in this hell hall known as Madison Square Garden, where it's covered by all these networks, all these reporters, all these avenues of media. And then here is the, here's the kicker. You're, you're, you're going to tell me that you're, you, it's not fun. Well, hey guys, neither hey, is Biden. We only got like three more minutes and we got live with us. Could we let him get his thoughts in for the next three minutes before we kick in with the zoom and the, the, the documentary? Sure, sure, sure. Mr. Live, how you doing, bro? Um, at, um, at the moment we're talking about, we're talking about James Dolan's recent comments. It is not fun being the owner of the Knicks. What do you say? Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, dog, man. I, I was, I was, I was three seconds away from uh, protesting with them cats out there when he was getting ready to sign um, Jeremy Lin to that poison pill situation, man. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's not fun because he's never been good at it. You know, that's why it's not fun. And he's been, he, 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 he admits that it's him. And it's not anything else but him wanting to be who he is. He's not a sports guy, he, you know. He's he's not he's a he's a rock and roll dude. You know what I'm saying? He's a he, you know he one of them dudes. He he it's it's, it's he wants to <clears throat> be exactly who he wants to be, but at the same time he want to hang out with Isaiah Thomas and he want to be a sports guy who, who owns and he and he and he would love the infamous uh, Steinbrenner, you know. But he he realized right after Phil Jackson, that he'll never be that dude because he don't have love for the Knicks, right? He, you know what I'm saying? He might he might have some, some love and some, some some product knowledge about the Rangers, but he don't have that for the Knicks. He, you know what I'm saying? He, he, he'll never have that. So what he did was took his hands off the wheel, as Dom said, gave it to Scott Perry. Scott Perry cleared the books, right? Leon Rose came in there and got the players. That was that was that was more or less it. And that, and, and we haven't heard from him since the the Oakley debacle, you know. And that wasn't even that was that was them being in the stands, being who they was ten years ago. Okay, that wasn't like a recent Scott Perry era. Uh, Dolan. Do, 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 like let that be the truth. Be glad that he's not he's not who he was five years ago. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Because this that that article would have actually meant something. But this means nothing. It was a truthful situation. And 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 Nick fans should be happy that he can be that therapeutic in his thoughts and not fuck up uh, any, anything with the team. So yeah, no, nah, I mean let leave that dude alone, man. I don't I, I hate Dick James Dolan, but I don't I don't hate him in the sense where it's like uh blah 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 whatever the case may be. I'm like, look, man, keep on doing what you're doing. With, you know what I'm saying? As I've said, for the last week, we done got three playoff appearances. We done had about six years of hold-your-head-high basketball. I'm good with that. I'm I'm great with that. I'm 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 so good with that. I'm I'm ready to build a team, man. All of this, get the superstar thing. If it ain't Giannis, I, I don't even – I don't want no NB. I'm like, look, we in a great position, man, you know, and and partially Dolan's decisions is, 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 is the reason for it. His decision not to – be hands on like he was with Isaiah, with Phil, and all of these other cats. Uh, Donnie Walsh is, is the reason why we in the position we in now. So let's get it, man. Man, personally, that dude alone. Mm-hmm. I hear that, man. All right, let's kick it in. Uh, we'll start the uh, the, the share. Uh, we'll pull up the uh, the link right now. Um, 
So let me know if you guys get in, and I'll pull up the uh, the stream on Amazon Prime Video featuring the infamous one himself, the star of the fanumentary, Nickelbacca Ave. Now the only thing is we will not have um, we will not have audio on the episode, so we're gonna have to fill in some blanks. Uh, what I mean by that is when we watch it on the video all together, we're just gonna have to fill in the uh, the um, the commentary as you see it on the screen with the closed caption because we don't have it on the actual episode. Uh, so that's how, I, if you guys, let me see if I can, you guys are all here? Okay. And yeah, I'm, it's, it's still spinning, it, Steve. Oh, no, that's go. me. I'm sorry. I was talking. I, my fault. It got you guys in now. I got you guys in now. So let's all put it all in. So just mute your, the Zoom line part, and I'll pull up, go ahead, and uh, perfect Dom, yeah. I see. I think you're you're in there. What's up, Av? Uh, let me uh, go ahead and share the, uh, for the for the for the joint. So where is it? Where is it? What did I do with that? Sorry about that. I'm, I'm all. Ah, there it is. All right, see you guys. We there? Think about Av. Are you there, Nickelback Av? On the uh, on your phone? No, on your phone. On your phone. <laughs> Sorry about that. I see you. Yeah, I'm right here. Around. All right, cool. There you go. So you know, your fanumentary walk us through, man. We don't can't play the audio from the fanumentary that's actually going to be on the the episode that's going to be on you know iTunes podcast Republic. So uh, right. So we go ahead and um, so, kick so, it. So this. So we're kicking this off right here. Um, this is um, John Stephen Barkley, a.k.a. known as the Mad Hatter, um, probably one of the most diehard Knicks fans that I know, uh, besides everybody on this platform, obviously. This dude owns about 800 or, or up, to, up to more of that. I think it's, like, it's up, to, up to 1,000 now, 1,000 New York Knicks hats. Um, and he's got them all kinds of different styles. He's got them in all kinds of, you know, colors. Um, and, and he does match them up with sneakers and, and, and jerseys and whatnot. And, I mean, <clears throat> homie lives up in Harlem. And, you, you know, you would think that, you know, you know, people over there, you know, just don't, you know, can't afford it. This dude has it. He's got it all. I mean, I am at all of his collection of hats, his collection of, um, of jerseys, uh, his, you know, his memorabilia, he's actually going to be featured, um, you know, in a future commercial um, through MSG Network. Congratulations to him. He's going he's gonna to try to talk to me about this later. But um, right now, he's basically introducing himself, to the, um, you know, to the director and producer, um, Keith Roberts, um, who is a very um, talented um, filmmaker, very talented guy, uh, one of the nicest guys in the world. Um, he actually told me... Um, that making this um, documentary was very important to him because, you know, previous to this, he had just lost his dad. And his dad took him to all the Nick games and all that stuff. And, and you know, and that's how their bond was pretty much censored, censored by. And, um, you know, when I get involved in this, in the beginning, I get involved with my, with my dad. And as you can see, that's me in this very garage. Can you, um, can you hear the sound? Can you hear the video sound on your end, though? Can you hear the sound? Hold on, let me play real quick. I do not you hear, hear that. I hear, no. I hear, I hear Nick Barker. And you, yeah. Steve. I mean, you hear us on the episode. I mean, do you hear the video? If not, no, because we have no. 
No. So you want to know you? So yeah, that, no, that's fine. That's cool. I just want to make sure we all good. So go ahead, Ab, walk us through your. This is your opening scene in the documentary. So give us a paint a picture of what we're watching or what the people who are going to be listening to this episode is watching from your documentary. How does that play? Well, obviously you can see the banners. They're actually hanging up right behind me. If you know, I, I move the camera a little bit just so you can see that they are still standing there. Um, all the banners from you know that, that are basically um, at Madison Square Garden. Um, you know, commemorating my Knicks, you know, Knicks history, Knicks, you know, Knicks fandom. That is me, um, about 250 pounds heavier. <laughs> and um, that is my father, my father, Angel Sr., um, the original the, the, the original Knicks fan in, in my family. He, you know, he's the one that got me started in it. And, you know, we talk about, um, you know, just our fandom and how it all started. Um, you know, at first I admit I wasn't a Knicks fan, you know, you know, walking into the situation. Like, I didn't know any better. Um, all I knew about was Michael Jordan at the time. And, and you said that. Now, Coach, 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 let's stop. Let's stop like that because I heard you say that. So, let, let me get <laughs> live. I thought he was about to say it on this episode that he was a Bulls fan. But he didn't say that. Woo! Woo! No, I was not. I, I, I was I was yeah. not a Bulls fan. I, I, um, you see, this is what's funny is that um, because Steve, you and I, we we get on we get on these kids today. You know, you, 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 you know this, you know Gen Zers, Gen whatever, and we're talking about them about that shit about you know following a certain player. And my first thing was Michael Jordan at the time because as, and you see the thing was is like I didn't know any better. And, and to be honest, I wasn't very much into sports, you know, when I was about five or six. The only thing I knew about in, in terms of sports were, you know, a couple of names here and there, but I didn't know, like, who they were, what they, what, what team they played for. Oh. I didn't know who Bo Jackson was or oh, Deion oh, Sanders. Mr. Or... Live is pondering. Oh, Mr. Live wants to say something. <laughs> I know you want to say something. Yo, let me say, okay, so I go back, I go back to uh, Coach Brown Patino. You know what I'm saying? Like, and – my my shit with with with, with Nick's cats was so bad. I never I never had a pair of Jordans in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like we used to we used to burn cats. Um, you remember the Model breezes that the, the like the whole bull set would be like the 23. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We used to rip them shits off the cats. Like yeah, give me that. You couldn't come. You couldn't come around the way until he started winning. You couldn't come with no Bulls outfits. Man, I ain't never had a pair of red and black. Nothing. Like, nothing. <laughs> nothing red and black, dog. No Bulls, no nothing. Son, I can't even. And, and that two and three jersey win? Crap. Oh, my God. Son, I got one color in my closet. 12-2. Blue and orange. You understand what I'm saying? If it ain't the, if it ain't the Giants blue and white. It's the it's the blue and orange of the Knicks. I ain't got no other jerseys. In my, I ain't never had no other jersey. I ain't even I ain't even sneak like y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like the only type of blue I was I was even gonna fucking have was when fucking Pat left for Magic, and I was like, I, I was getting ready to buy Magic. I was like, nah, I can't even do that because I love the Knicks. Oh no 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 no. You see you, you see I, I wouldn't be able to forgive you for that one. Because you, uh, you would no, be an adult. No. You would 
you want to be an adult for that, but you have to forgive me because at the time when I knew about Jordan, I was maybe six or seven years old, and mm, I just mm, gra- mm, I just graduated from He Man. So you know you know what I'm saying? And <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. I went yeah. from He Man and into sports and and, 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 and you know most, mostly professional wrestling, obviously, but I went from He Man to that, and and so. On Saturday morning cartoons, there, there was a show called Pro Stars where Jordan, Gretzky, and I think it was Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. Yeah, Bo Jackson. Right, yeah. right, right, right. They were, they were all of a sudden like a Secret Service, Navy SEAL kind of, uh, I don't know, like, <laughs> you know, like the Power Rangers. Yeah, I remember. From, from, from sports. And, and so that's how I actually knew about Michael Jordan. I, I, and of course, a couple commercials. You know, you've seen them in Wheaties commercials, Air Jordan commercials, Nike, and all that stuff. And I didn't know anything. I, I didn't know anything about basketball till one day. Like it was, which just happened to be one day. And, and I, I remember this fucking so so much. And I'm, I'm surprised that they could cut this part out. But one night, I just happened to be awake, and I was allowed to be awake, like past you know you, you know past my bedtime on a school night. And my dad put on the game. And I'm like, what are you watching? And he's like, he's watching basketball. It's like, I'm like, oh, no, I actually say, I'm watching the Knicks. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. cool beans. Um, what game are they playing? They're playing basketball. You don't see it? I'm like, and, he, and that's when he actually sat me down, explained to me the game, and then he told me first, like, oh, the greatest player, you know, the best player right now is probably there's a debate right now between Jordan, Bird, and Johnson, and you know, a bunch of other guys. And he's like, oh, I know about Michael Jordan. He's on the cartoon show on, on Saturday mornings. I, I think I was seeing, watching that oh, the other okay. day. And oh, cool. and and that's how it all started. And for a while, I stayed with Jordan because he was the main focal point. And obviously, you know, he he was the greatest player there. So people were talking a lot about him. So I kind of learned through that. Then I did a book report about him, and then I changed. I, I kind of grew up, and, I did, and at that point, I decided to be a Knicks fan around 1989. Okay. Steve. Hey, let's get oh, Don yeah, yeah, back into the conversation real quick. Don, you want to chime in? Live. Am I supposed to be seeing everybody, Steve? I only see you. I see live. Uh, in. I see everybody. Probably got a slide that says it's like three pages, Dom. On that last page, we all want it. Yeah, page. they're all there. Yeah, yeah, we we I, we see everybody. We, we see yeah, I see you. I see you. Yeah. I, all right, I see everybody, I and, I, I, and, 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 I, and I do see the and I do see the split screen of the orange and the blue. So, um, see yeah, if you can. I, can't I see I hmm? see participants, no, I see. but. I don't know. But yeah, anyway, if you, if you slide the page over, Dom, it might, it might it's some three dots. If you say you got three pages. Well, one of them pages, we own it. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Go, yeah, you go over to the, the top of the menu. Uh, I guess what Dom's looking for is that. Uh, we'll, we'll get his commentary. Ab, I understand what That's all right. I'll be real quick. Uh, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying because I remember those cartoons and – Gretzky, Bo Jackson, because they were the it stars in those sports at the time. So yeah, I, I do understand it. Um, you, know, you know, a lot of good points. I understand. Like there's a Nick fan that's all Ewings or no Jordans. It's almost like oh. that version of no crispy jerseys at that time. I ain't gonna lie. I, I love Jordan. I ain't gonna fuck with that. Like 
as a Knicks fan, as a KG UIR Knicks fan, um, didn't like I, I had Ewing's, but I had I had Uptowns and I had you know Tim's of course, but definitely Jordans, man. I'm a Jordan guy. I love Jordans. You, you know what was what was crazy though is that is how hard it is to fucking find to, to find Ewing's back in that day. Like when they came out, right. yeah, they were yeah, out, man. and then and then they became scarce. And all yeah. you saw were Nike Jordans. You would see the Converse's, right. and you would see the diamond. Shit, even Derek Coleman had a freaking shirt. I had a shirt of diamond cells, and, and, and I think I rocked those for a little bit because of the fucking the, the, the rubber thing on the bottom. Yeah. But, but yeah. see, you know what? You and that, you you know what that did a lot of people's favors, man. Like you and had them things for thirty five dollars, <laughs> right? And while everybody was rocking them, you know, the Jordans for like a hundred dollars. You and had kept his for for like thirty five dollars. Now, and that yeah, was part so, of the problem. For one, supply and demand. Second, you know what I'm saying? When you start getting kind of to, to your, like your status quo, your, your your status points, what's in fashion, ain't nobody really want to rock Ewan's because they was $35. You understand what I'm saying? So it was it, it was a yeah. little bit of that, but it, but it, at the levels of how it came, it was, it, it was that, that. So you couldn't find them because... Everybody that wanted wanted them went and got them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we not only, not only that, not only oh. that, but the colorways. Because at one point they were only in right. orange and blue, and then you had them in black. Right. And then right. And, and yeah, when, when you rocked them in black, then they became scarce. And they, so yeah. so here's a history lesson for some of you guys, who, you know, who are younger. Stephon Marbury is <laughs> not the first Nick player to do that. Patrick Ewan did it a long time ago. Wait, what it's almost like it's like it's almost like a movie. What about Bob? What about Dom? Let's get Dom back into the conversation, guys. <laughs> what what, what this is making me think? What this is making me think, guys, is I'm real old. Y'all are talking about shit. I was I was already in the army. I mean, that's how old I am. But let's not forget, guys, when we talk about you and Walt Frazier was the first guy on a pair of sneakers. The Pumas, yeah. written yeah. the script and. You know, Google that. That was way back That's when, right. for you Five youngsters, cool when I was a kid. <laughs> so, yeah, but I'm, I'm like, I'm like, ah, I'm like live. The only reason I ever got a pair of the baby blue Jordans is when I became an alum of UNC. When I graduated, yeah, I, I was like, well, you know, I got to give up some of this. I hate this guy <laughs> shit. You know, I, I'm getting a little old for this now. I <laughs> mean. And plus, he owned the team right down the street from where I live. So, I mean, how can I hate the guy? He's got a team. I'm not into all of that hate. He's not playing no more. He's not playing for the Bulls. The Bulls suck. So, some, I just let that go in the past. But, no, back then, what, what, what Ab's talking about, oh, hell no. Damn, Jordan. I was one of the happiest people in the world when he got hurt. Remember that year he got hurt? Don, real quick before we continue to play, I think Av and I will probably be in agreement. I'm not exactly sure where life stands on this. I respected Jordan, hated Reg- Reggie Miller. Now, Av, I think you would agree with that. But live, what about Absolutely. you? Yeah, listen, I'm gonna I'm, I'm try to make this story real short. I used to work at Polo Ralph Lauren. I used to work at the mansion. Reggie Jackson, I mean Reggie Jackson, Reggie Miller. I almost lost my job fucking with Reggie Miller. You know what I'm saying? Because I was about to say something. The security guard grabbed me. He was like, yo, yo, what are you doing? What are you th-? I was like, yo, I'm about to say something. Because I wasn't what I was going to say. Was, Why don't you take your ass back down to Crosby's and shop? Don't shop here. Shop at, 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 at Crosby's. You know what I'm saying? What you shopping here for? 34th Street down the block, right? 
Polo Ralph Lauren. I'm in the mansion. I'm not. It's not no A and S or no nothing. I'm in the mansion. I'm working in the mansion. I'm getting ready to lose my job because I want to. I want to holler at this nigga Reggie Miller, and I'm like, uh, that's how much I hate Reggie Miller. That's how much I hate Reggie Miller. Hey, now, Ev, let's play, let's play this part of the clip. I only got what 25 more minutes of the of the share, but uh, go ahead and walk us through what's happened in in this, the fame entry. So, so um, in, in this this scene, my dad is talking to me about it. Um, he, he he was he was talking about like how he got me into the into the Knicks and and how and the reasons why because obviously me being a New Yorker, you know, me born and raised in the city, you know, you have to be proud of where you come from. And um, I'm right in this portion right now. I'm talking about um, my first experiences um, going to a Knicks game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, back in back in that day. I think I only had like a, you know, like a T-shirt that said Knicks on it. And it didn't have the logo. It just said Knicks. I, I think it was one of those fucking, um, those truck shirts back in the day, you know, just got off the back of the back of the Jamaican dude. And, you know, I was talking about how we, we would go to like to, to some of these games. And when you get on the train, the closer you got to Madison Square Garden, the more the place started getting filled up with more Knicks fans. And you could actually look down, down, you know, into the subway station on the train and see your fellow Knicks fans and be like, yeah, we're going to the same place. Um, you really don't get to do that very often anymore because, you know, everybody's just, you know, figuring out ways of taking Ubers and stuff like that. But um, it, right now in this scene, this is Freddie. This is Anthony Mason's personal barber. Um, he's down uh, – if you guys don't know where he is, he's up on on, on Parsons Boulevard in, Jamaica, in Hillside Avenue. Just walk up like one or two blocks up and you'll, you'll right run into him. I think this is his wife. Um, and she's talking about how she, you know – respects players and the game, but she's a Knicks fan. Um, and, and, you know, talking to fellow patrons of, of the barbershop, I've actually had my hair cut by, um, by Freddie once, so I can honestly say, you know, very proudly that Anthony Mason's barber cut my hair at least once or twice. And, um, you know, since I, I, I live relatively close to, uh, you know, to this area, I live in South Ozone Park, Queens, so, so it's only like a, about a 10-minute drive. Um, you know, this place is always hopping with Knicks fans, He's always repping the Knicks. He's always repping, you know, the fact that, you know, he, he's cut a lot of the St. John, St. John's uh, players' um, hair because, you know, St. John's is just up the road from there. Um, and then talking about just, you know, other fans talking about, you know, how long they've been Knicks fans, you know, so this is through, through the Ewing days, through the Mellow days, through whatever, you know, whatever era that you come from, you know, you're talking about it. And, um, you know, this um, this guy right here, I, I, I forget his name, but um, – you know, he's a cool dude. Um, I, I actually ran into him actually not too long ago off of Jamaica Avenue. And, you know, you, you we're like, oh, yo, yo, what's good, what's good? And it's like almost like a brotherhood. And and that's something that, you know, that I think that Keith tried to really establish is that being a Knicks fan is almost like a fraternity. It's almost like a, it's a, it's a brotherhood of fans in the Knicks, in the Knickerbocker Nation you know, all supporting and loving one thing and, and being proud of it. All right. Let's fast forward a little bit. Uh, tell me when to stop if you want me to, you you know, if you want to stop at JSB, do you want me to go back to, okay, we can stop right here where you were doing your dad talking. Right. Walk us through to yeah. the audience of what you're saying right here in this scene. So um, at, that, at this point, um, this is, we're recounting the 1994 season. Um, oh, okay. This is obviously the just the emotion that the Knicks uh, um, had um, had the city going through. Um, um, Steve, I'm pretty sure you can remember this live. Um, Dom, 
back in 1994 when the Knicks and the Rangers were both in the finals and they were about ready to quit. You know, and, you know, the Rangers, you know, as we know, did win the 1994 Stanley Cup. And then there's a picture of me and my buddy Copeland from when I was in the Marine Corps. And my dad's talking about how, you know, he regrets that I didn't go that I went to the Marines. Um, even though at first he was kind of like pushing me into it, but then all of a sudden he was talking about, you know, you know, the sacrifices that, you know, that being in a Marine does, and especially during the times that we did, because I did go to Afghanistan, I did go to Iraq. And, you know, there was, a, there was some real fear going on. And, you know, that's me with an M240 Golf. Um, um, and, you know, it was an experience, you know, not just for me, even though I'm the one that lived it, for, but for everybody in my family, you know, because, you know, everybody was worried about me, worried about whether I was going to come back or not. And, and Dom, you can allude to that better than anybody. All right. Yeah. Now, you know what? Go ahead, go ahead, everybody um, saw uh, this. Did everybody see this documentary? We all saw this, right? Yeah, we're just reviewing yeah. it. That's what this episode is about. Right. I mean, I, I will say this. The part in the barbershop, other than what I saw, young ass Av in his uniform, the part in the barbershop was the that was the showstopper for me, guys. Because now remember, I did probably 18 more years of Av in the military, but I remembered those days sitting in the barbershop, and we're talking sports, we're talking Knicks, Yankees. So when I joined the service, you get your hair cut wherever you get your hair cut. It wasn't all this conversation stuff. You went in there, they were do, 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 do. Next. But when I saw that part, it was like, wow. I actually got a little touchy-feely moment. Like, boy, those were the days, man. Like what we're doing now, just talking sports. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't done that in a barbershop in, wow, guys, 30 years maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's weird. And, and, and that's a shame because – you know, um, for us guys, you know, for, for everybody, because women do this too. When women go to the barber, go to the salon and get their hair and nails done, you know, they're gossiping, they're talking shit. They're, you know, and this is like our time. And our stuff may not be all gossip. It may, it just mainly be about sports. Um, you know, I, I remember, you know, just talking to, you know, just coming to the barbershop, not getting a haircut, just coming to talk to my boy and just say, yo, you catch that game last night? Yo, and we should talk, talk for a little bit. I bet you. I bet you at that time, I'll be real quick, I want to get live thoughts. You know, we got Mason on the screen right now, Anthony Mason, the late, great Anthony Mason, where in 94, if you had to sum up the most talked about with the Knicks at the time in the barbershop was when Starks went for clank for clank in game seven in the 94 finals. Then you get to 95, how the Knicks uh, fall, you know, fell to the Pacers. Now, Av, you did mention that up, I think, in the, in the documentary with the Ewing finger roll. If you want to, you know, expound on that because that scene you were kind of. Oh, guys, I felt that. He should have done it. He should have done it. Listen, listen. Kind of, yeah. I, listen, I, I, I should bring up that clip. Look, look that, those, <laughs> are, those, those are two painful pairs. The two for 18 and the finger wow. roll is. Those are something I don't even look at no more, man. I like, I don't, I don't. Like that's that that is self-infliction, man. Like that's like they painful, man. And I, you know, like like like, and I remember year after year after year after year, Patrick would be like, "Yo, this all year," and then you 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 see PJ Brown flipping on um, uh, 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 
Charlie uh, Ward. No. Charlie Ward, right. Flipping Charlie Ward, and then you see the two for 18, and then you see the, the finger rolling. You just go, everything came down to these little, little, little things where Miss, we just didn't make it. So, Mr. Live, this is kind of a therapy session because Av brought the therapy on the payment. I'm going to ask you this real quick. If you give me a quick answer, as a matter of fact, get a quick answer from all you guys. Which was the worst moment out of all of this? Is it going to be the Charles Smith? Uh, is it going to be with Starks yeah. in the oh, Game 7? Yeah. Is it going to be with P.J. Brown and Charlie Ward? Is it the Ewing finger roll? Or did Reggie Miller, like, multiple threes, pushing off of Greg Anthony? Like, which moment pissed you off out of all those the most, real quick, if you can give us a quick answer? You know what I'm The Charles Smith, the close, oh. close is Reggie Miller and the push-off. Charles Smith, without a doubt, it's, that thing can't be nothing. Nothing. Bang. Dumb. Yo, no, how I feel. I said this a million times. If I ever saw Charles Smith, I cracked. That's probably that. I'm gonna tell you this real quick, guys. That, that. was one of three events. That. that was one of three events that brought the MPs to my house. It was Charles Smith. <laughs> it was Mike Tyson getting. Check this out. It was Charles Smith. It was Mike Tyson getting knocked out. Then it was Patrick Ewing's finger roll. But those three, the other one, you and I was at somebody else's house. The other two, the MPs came because that's how crazy we went <laughs> for those two events. Wow. We said, that's it. Y'all got to stop. Y'all got to stop. We're going to write you up, blah, blah, blah. We was outside going nuts. Everybody's like, I'll kill this motherfucker, Charles Smith. Oh, I hate that. Oh, You want to double down on what you thought? Uh, if we had to pick out of those uh, terrible moments. The, 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 the worst one was definitely the two for 18 in game seven. Um, because, I yeah, I uh, we were, like I said, we were that close, and Derek Harper had the hot hand that night, and I and I was like, why didn't you go to him? He was going to be the MVP had the Knicks won that that series and won the NBA title, um, and so the fact that that you know they, that Riley stuck with, with with Starks and not put in Blackman or Rivers or somebody else, um, that was probably the most he- fatal mistake. In the history of of of, of our of our of our fan you know fandom. Uh, yeah, I, I say I, one thing though, guys. Yeah, I quick. think I think even with Ab, what Ab is saying, for some reason, even though we made it to the championship that year, Charles Smith missed them bunnies. For some yeah, reason, man. most people I yeah, knew was man. like, "This is it. That yeah. was our year. There wasn't no uh, way we were being denied that year." Uh, yeah. No, I mean for me, man, we had a couple of those, man. Yeah, yeah, we had a couple of those. That 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 Charlie Ward flip and, and that 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 the finger roll, the Charlie Ward flip. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, uh and and the Charles Smith one. Like the, all of those threes, man. We could have, like all three of those, we could have went, man. Hey, Ab, yeah. in this scene, um, you want to, you know, you know, sound off to the audience what you're explaining to everybody, you know, so that you know they can hear on the show. Um, every, uh, so we're getting into the Dolan, um, portion, which is kind of fitting that, you know, we started the show talking about right. what Dolan said, and now we're getting into the, like the James Dolan, um, chapter of, 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 of I would say of the documentary. Here's where, you know, where I'm talking about how, you know, you know, what I think of him personally. Um, this, this gentleman right here is Mike Kamersky. Um, they call him, you know, Hammer. Um, he's great, great dude. Um, and he actually was one of the first few people to be banned from Madison Square Garden for saying something to James Dolan. 
Um, the story for him, um, uh, 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 and, and I tried to, you know, you know, to, you know, to get every, every detail was he was going to the game. They got there early. They was, you know, they were outside in the afternoon having a cigarette, and Dolan just happened to walk out through one of the exits. As Dolan was passing him and his friend, uh, Hammer actually told, to, actually yelled out to, the, you know, to the owner, "Sell the team, Jim." Dolan took exception to that and said, why are you calling me an asshole? And started making a big, big hoopla about it. And um, because of that, he was then forced to be banned from Madison Square Garden. To the extent that he had most of Madison Square Garden security follow him within a three to four block radius. Like, Hammer tried to freaking, like, they shake them off as much as he possibly could, and Dolan had these people, had the security guards, follow him to make sure that he did not get, you know, make it into the Madison Square Garden. He eventually did and still had a good time, but now here's, you know, here's the, you know, the TMZ clips of, 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 you know, of that very thing, where fans are yelling obscenities at, at James Dolan, just telling him to, you know, sell the team, and pissing them off. Here's a guy with a band Dolan t-shirt. Um, <laughs> you know, so everybody, y'all, y'all get a quick. I put a pause on that. Here he is. Dolan. That's a pretty cool. That's a pretty cool idea. Um, of, of course, this was you know over the span of, of you know of a few years, um, where James Dolan would have interactions with fans and actually have Madison Square Garden security tell you know inform the fans that they're not allowed to be in the arena you know, with derogatory things like this. And I can understand this one. Um, but when somebody just says something to, to, to you know, to, to an owner, especially a billionaire like him, you have to understand. I'm pretty sure George had the same similar kind of thing, but, you know, he probably handled it differently because, you know, he did kind of like a military background. James Dolan did not have any of those things. So, um, you know, that's kind of how I look at it as a black eye on the sport, especially in the way he handled Charles Oakley, and we'll talk about that later. But here in this scene, um, we're in my living room. Oh, before before you continue on, is there any particular scene you want me to go to on this movie or the family mystery? Uh, well, actually, this one this one's perfectly fine because this is actually me in my living room um, watching a game. And um, this happened to be uh, on November 10th. Um, 2020 or 21, and um, there's my dog Delilah, um, you know, in her in her Knicks shirt. Um, so I'm talking about the game specifically. You know, I, I think it's something that um, I think Dom or Live or even I, I'm pretty sure it was Dom that we're basically going four on five anytime Mitchell Robinson's on the floor on offense, just because yeah, he, you know he's a black hole of offense. <laughs> And we'll then, get to that um, very end of this episode. I got something to say about what I saw on the his right. free throws uh, on so, Twitter. I don't so what's going on? So, so, so what's going on right here is that I, I'm, I'm getting involved in a um, in, in a um, video call, video conference call with a bunch of uh, my fellow Marines from uh, Platoon 2045. This that was the boot camp uh, platoon that I had with, um, you know, in order to be, become a United States Marine. Um, we, we we did a thing every year where we celebrate the birthday. We have a beer, with, it, 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 but this this one was a little bit extra special, just because my senior drill instructor, uh, Sergeant Bill Irig. I'm not sure what he what rank he got out as, but that's how I remember him. Sergeant Bill Irig had passed away, maybe a, maybe about a couple of weeks prior. Um, he, he passed away from COVID, 
And, um, you know, we were just kind of like honoring him as a continuing on the tradition that we've been having of meeting up every year uh, on the Marine Corps birthday and having a beer in, in honor of ourselves. And because it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, the honor to be, because you know, my, my Marine is actually my uniform, my real life uniform. I took off all the badges and all the ranks off of that because um, after I got out of the Marine Corps, I just had like a bad, bad taste in my mouth. I had a negative feelings about everything. I just, uh, and Don, maybe he can probably tell, you know, speak to this a little bit, but, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I, I did not have good feelings about it. I, I'm, uh, um, I, and, and I kind of went to a, a negative tailspin. And I was, you know, that's kind of like what started my 20-year um, my 20, my 20 um, digression into a black hole of depression. That's, that's actually my, camel, my camouflage utility uniform. I still have it here. Um, and the cover is actually hanging right back there. And, um, you know, we're just talking about it. And, you know, talking about some of my responsibilities in the Marine Corps, you know, I, um, a lot of times in Iraq and Afghanistan, because I was a field radio operator and I was usually on duty, um, I would be the one to make the phone call um, to, you know, to a parent or a loved one to let them know that, you know, their, their, their loved one has, you know, been killed in action or, you know, wounded in action, and I have to give them all the information. And then it's, um, that's not an experience that I, that I reveled in. It's not something that I – you know, that I feel honored about. I just, it was the hardest part of me of doing my job at that time. And um, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Right, Don, you want to say something real quick? I know we got only got what, what, six more minutes yeah. left on the screen share to do this. Uh, the, the difference, and I always say this, guys, I would never really elaborate on what I actually did. But what I did in the military, I chose to do. First of all, I chose to join the military. But what I did with my career in the military, I couldn't blame nobody but me. I chose a very different, chaotic, dangerous, individual route. Because a lot of the shit we did, we did as individual small groups. But during one of what they call our breaks from what I normally did, I became a casualty assistance officer. And I'll never forget to this day the three people's doors I knocked on, the, the woman beating on my chest, putting the dog out on me, uh, one lady telling me her son hates the military, can I hurry up and leave before he comes home? It got so bad, guys, that on the third one, I had a gun. I actually started carrying my 9 millimeter to houses because I, I ain't going to say I was scared because, again, what I did in the military, I didn't have a whole lot of time to be scared. But I just thought, you know, I'm not going to call the state police. They always told us that if it gets bad, call the state police. I'm like, I'm a grown man. I am licensed to carry a firearm. And what I do for a living, I know I can handle a firearm. So I had just got to the point, guys, believe it or not, I started carrying my, my own personal 9 movie. And it, it turned out good, guys. Trust me, nothing ever chaotic happened. But, again, when it comes time to, like, getting out to service, I, I did what I did. I understand what Av's saying because I've seen a million of Av's. Guys that did their three, four, maybe five years, and like, I'm fed up with this shit. This shit ain't for me, blah, blah, blah. I didn't have many of those guys around me. We had the same kind of people. I'll just give you a small hint. The incident at the bar with General Stanley McChrystal and a couple of his goons when they said, bite me instead of Biden, and how Obama was, you know, obsessed with looking at my uniform because of all the shit I have on. That's the realm 
that I ran with. You know, we didn't have that army shit. We just had like our own fucking army. I don't mean to curse, guys. I'm sorry. I get excited. We was in a little world. You know, so yeah, I understand what I'm saying. Shit. I know guys to this day uh, that I keep in touch with because one, I'm nervous that some of these things you know as well as I do have, they go left really quick. Hence the reason we have the 22 a day. And my job now, guys, and I'm going to let it go, is my job now is to preach for our veterans to come home. Just come home, guys. The VA has gotten so much better, and we're here for you. It's, it's, it's apples and oranges, guys, from what we used to be afraid of. So my goal is now, whenever I do shows, podcasts with the military news, I always say the same. Come home, guys, please. Before something drastic happens, come home. We love you. We want to see you get better. We want to see you succeed. We just can't keep turning a blind eye to it. And that's what I kept thinking about when I heard Av on the, when I was watching the documentary. How many abs do I know? How many abs did I lose? That part I had to, like, kind of, you know, I ain't going to say fast forward through it, but it, it's like you can imagine, Av, after 20-something years, that part was, you know, a little, Yeah. I was gonna say I know we're gonna run out of t- we're gonna run out of time to do the screen share, but I, I was just kind of curious. Uh, do we have an episode in our archives? Did we discuss this? Do we did we discuss this shit right here at the bottom right uh, that score that score right there at the top? Yes, we did. <laughs> yes, we did. Uh, um, we got we got blown the fuck out by the Denver Nuggets at that point. Um, <laughs> Don't hold back, man. <laughs> so, so, so a little bit of context. That game happened to be very interesting because um, Matt Hatter um, up in Tito's Barbecue Station actually had the um, like a viewing party at that you know for that specific game, and it was his first event that he did that. Um, it was a pretty good success. I've been to a couple of his events with him. Um, they're awesome. Uh, just watching the game with him. Um, right now you're seeing Vernon Maxwell, a former guard of the Houston Rockets, so, you know, the, the, the same Houston Rockets that defeated the Knicks in 1994 uh, and won the NBA championship. Um, you'll, see, um, you'll see him talking about what he, you know, how he, he was guarding John Starks. And he said, I didn't say shit to that motherfucker. <laughs> it's like, I, it's like he, he, I didn't want him to not do shit. You know, because one night you can have a good John Starks, the other time you can have a bad one, and and, and the same way as you have a good a good or a bad anything. So, you know, that's where he was talking about. Here's Charles Oakley talking about, um, you know, Pat Pat Riley's decision of keeping John and how you know the, his teammates didn't hold him responsible. It was like you know they kind of like both all equally um, hold themselves accountable and responsible. They don't want to just put the, all the blame on John Starks. I, I'm, I've actually been told and, and uh, um, very, you know, very clearly is that John Starks will not do an interview not that, that asks him about that question. You, you cannot ask him about game seven of the 1994 NBA finals um, just because, you know, I don't think he's ever gotten over it. I could. We already know what happened. Oh, fuck yeah, we don't need to ask her no questions about that. We don't need to ask her no questions. Look, I love John Starks and stuff, all right? That's one question I ain't got to ask him nothing about. Two for 18, I got, yo, I got that in three of my round songs. 
Tooth 18 is the most one of the most traumatizing things in my life. And here I go in front of the building and the projects defending him. Oh well, yo, he did lead lead the the, the finals in three points made. It's just, he shouldn't have been shooting. Like like Pat, you know what I'm saying? Somebody should have tugged, brought him in, and be like, "What are you touching the wall for?" Two phase, hang. I'm like, Jesus Christ! But, like, but guys, do y'all do y'all blame Pat Riley? I blame Pat Riley. No, I no, no, I, no, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. I don't. He, I mean, what choice did he have? What what choice did he have? He didn't have. There was. I mean, he wasn't gonna put Hubert Davis on the floor. Right? Well, what what other choice? You had to run over Blackman, you had Doc Rivers, you had so many other. He had yeah. so many other. He wasn't he had so many other people who done it. Or, or, or very, very quickly, he could have used John Starks as somewhat of a decoy at that point. But, um, hey, look, it is what it is. It was, you know, 30 years ago. I think I'm over it, um, e- e- even though it still hurts to me to this day. Um, obviously the zoom meeting has ended because you know, the the free version of zoom only allows you about 40 minutes, but, um, in, in that clip, you were, you were hearing from everybody from Corey Gaines from Charles Oakley from even, uh, former, um, um, Madison Square president, Dave Checkett, you know, who's a wonderful person. Uh, 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 and, and later on, he actually does come back in some documentary talking about the, the, the Charles Oakley incident, how he actually tried well, to bail Oakley out of jail. Hey, Ab, that's, that's, that's exactly what I wanted to segue into. So let's talk about that, even though we don't have the video playing on that part. As a matter of fact, I just want sure. you guys, like Dom and, and Mr. Lyre, give us your honest thoughts on the tenure of Charles Oakley, because in this in this documentary, Jeff Van Gundy, you know, heralded him, you know, as one of the greatest Knicks, you know. So what are your thoughts, you know, once we got him in that trade from the Chicago Bulls, uh, Dom, and then live, get your thoughts on Charles Oakley. And then we talk about the band, because they talked about the band in the uh, opinion entry. Well, um, when Charles Oakley was traded, I was a little bit skeptical, because remember, we gave up Bill Cartwright at the time. And Bill Cartwright had been our center for, you know, for quite some time. And, you know, he was pretty much grooming Patrick Ewing, you know, to become the center that we all know him and love him to this, to this day. But at the same time, I was excited because I knew who Charles Oakley was. Charles Oakley was the enforcer for Michael Jordan when he was in Chicago. And having that kind of enforcer to protect Patrick at that time, this is, of course, before Mason came on the scene and before, you know, you had Charles Oakley, Gerald Wilkins, you had Mark Jackson at the time, you had Rod Strickland here and there, and you had Patrick Ewing. So you had a pretty solid team, and all these guys kind of acted like thugs. Like these dudes like were goons from back in the day. And that, you know, that actually, you know, made me excited, you know, to have a guy like him. And, of course, his impact on the Knicks, his impact, you know, to, to us fans, and his impact throughout the NBA world. Yeah, um, it's it's it, it, it's beyond words. Charles Oakley, right. his his number should be retired um, um, in Madison Square Garden. Unfortunately, we probably will never see that until the day that Dolan or Oakley dies, um, and maybe not even then. And um, it's a damn shame. The way he was treated is be it, 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 it was it was an outer crime that 
Charles Oakley was ejected from Madison Square Garden, handled the way he was handled, and then banned from Madison Square Garden. It's complete uh, bullshit. Hey, Don, what are your thoughts? And they go to Mr. Live on, on Oakley, his tenure as a Nick, and your whole your, to, your entire thoughts of his playing career with the Nick. I, I, I have two takes on Oakley. That Oakley and then the post-Oakley. Like, even the incident at the Garden. We could say what happened, but there was a way to quell this incident. Whatever happened, there was a way for him to just walk away, let's go discuss this in the tunnel, whatever. Not saying he was right, they were wrong, he was wrong. I'm not saying that. But I look at Oakley in two different lights now, minus that incident. I look at Oakley as the player, and then I look at Oakley as the shit talker after he got out, after all Mm -hmm. all the guys he's thrown under the bus, to include Patrick Mm -hmm. Yoke. For what? Just to get that 15 minutes of fame? I don't think his number should be retired. We got to stop with this just retiring number. That's some hollow grounds up there, people. I think other than Patrick Ewan, every other number up there helped us win a chip. And right. we're just throwing numbers up there. It's sort of like <laughs> Monument Park now. We just put anybody in Monument Park. We got to stop with that. No, his number should not be retired. Well, wait, Sorry, who, Who's in Monument Park that should have been there? Oh, real quick, hold on. Not that diver, I got to ask. Who, who's in Monument Park that should have been there? Paul O'Neill. He won I don't think Paul O'Neill should be there. No, I'm sorry. Just me, Steve. I'm just saying, just me. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then, there's, a, there's a few. Wow. There's a few, but I'll, but I'll digress. But when it comes to the Knicks, because of our minuscule winning history, yeah, that's yeah. what leads mm-hmm. us to say, Mr. Live, mm-hmm. his number should be up there because he gave us four good years. <laughs> I think, guys, when you really put the rubber to the road, if we would have kept Xavier McDaniel, we might have had even a better chance because he was more of an mm. offensive threat and he was a tough guy. So I, right. I'm not saying I don't like Oakley. I don't like what he's done as far as throwing a lot of people under the bus. You know, man up, man. You know, stop. Just just stop with the nonsense. Those are our players he's talking about. Our Patrick Ewing, fellas. He ain't talking about some guy on the, the 13th guy on the bench. He's talking about Patrick Ewing. Stop. Stop. Sorry, My. fellas. I'm sorry. Hey, no, nah, don't apologize. Don't apologize. So, so I, I never forget when when Oakley got traded. You know what I'm saying? I was overseas, um, dying, starving for any news on the Knicks. I I, I read a, a a French paper in in in, in Luzon, and no, this was Bordeaux, and it say Oakley traded for Marcus Camby. As a man, I would tell you, I shed one and a half tears. I was, I was done. I was done. I did one of them them cartoons. No, right, right, just, just like that. I swear to God, I swear to God, this just, just, just was dead. I was like, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I like Marcus Camby, but I was like, I was like, who, who, who? like, like Jesus Christ, Oakley. So. That's how much I love Oakley. I love Oakley, but post Oakley, gray hair Oakley, get at that man, Mike Oakley, throw him off a off a small roof, a small building, maybe about about six floors. So so he'll lay there and and and, and get broke up, and and it and it hurt real bad. Now I kill him, but he'll have a compound fractures. You know what I'm saying? Maybe maybe he got to amputate a, a pinky or something like that. I don't that dude. I, I could not, but when he threw Patrick, 
And see, you can't you can't talk to me about nothing about Patrick Ewing. Don't don't say nothing. Right? New York New York Ewings. That's what that was. Okay? Don't say nothing about Patrick Ewing. Not like not not a, not not with his bum knees, not with his sacrifice, not with his promises. Don't say nothing about that man because he gave it to, he gave it to us, man. He he was one of the reasons why we were relevant. Stop the madness. So so for you, right? Who who who, who I thought was the enforcer, who I thought gave credence to all of the the the, the title goes through the Knicks, right? You your first opportunity was to crap on the cat that gave the most. Like what? Y'all could have y'all could have saved that for the public for for private when y'all when when y'all at the strip club. You know what I'm saying? You could man, look, I ain't like you, Pat. I, son, he used to dog Pat, and 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 not only Pat, like like I just don't. I, he he's. I, you know, I, I have very mixed feelings about Oakley, man. Very, very much mixed feelings about Oakley. Man. I, I love that dude, and I hate him at the same time. All right, all right. Real quick question. Question on this one. Did he deserve to get to get banned from Madison Square Garden the way and be treated the way he did? Um. Now, now I was gonna go back. To, I was gonna say this before when we was talking about Dolan. If I own, if I own the garden and you sneeze wrong, I'm banning you for life. <laughs> wow! I, I'm I'm banning you for life, yo, yo, hey, 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 yo, you little fat, you you little fat, fat fucker, your tires fucked up, banned for life, banned for life. Ban, I'm, I'm, hey. I'm, this is my god, this is my spot, this is my. I don't care if you're a legend, you don't diss me in my house. If somebody, if somebody came in here, if somebody came into your house with a with a Brooklyn with a Brooklyn Nets. You know what I'm saying, Story? You know what I'm saying, like, 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 just you know, the old Derek, uh, uh, Derek Coleman jersey, New Jersey Nets when they was really in New Jersey. Staying out. You, you gonna have that? No, it's your house. It's your house. You're not gonna do that, B. So, so I think we make a way too much. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 like Dom said. Listen, you know what? Oakley, what Oakley should have did was take that in the tunnel and then break all their jaws. We wouldn't have seen it. We wouldn't have seen it, and, and, and you could have kept you could have kept whatever um, uh, fandom you had with Oakley, right? Because that's your because it's yours to own, right? It, it, as Dolan Dolan messed up his whole cachet on whatever he he could have did with the nineties. Because we're talking about putting them in the rafters. You could have put the nineties next in a in a in a, in a in a corner, right? Don't put them in the rafters, but put them in a the corner and go. This was one of the greatest times in Knicks history, which it was. This was one some of the most complete, just solid runs, almost almost 14 years from when Pat came to when Pat left. Just we were relevant. And 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 and, and Dolan, you know what I'm saying? And and I get I get, I know what you're saying, Avin. I and I, I like you gotta give a lot of that 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 blame to Dolan. But at the same time, Oakley kinda like dared him to. You're not gonna dare me in my house, dog. That's a good. Uh, that's You're not gonna do that. You're not gonna dare me in my house. My house is, is sacred. So, so, so you're kind of like you're live. You're kind of like uh, you know, like Martin from the show, right? In his apartment. You yeah. Come at him wrong. And <laughs> <in his apartment. laughs> 
<laughs> you got you to get the go. You got to get out my house. You, got, you don't got to get right. Thing you you about, <laughs> the, weird, right. the weird thing is about what Lies is saying. Remember, guys, it was after he got banned and thrown out when he really started right. talking shit. That's right. when he started. Right. So, so I look at it like, yo, shit, what goes around comes around. His ass should have been banned. If this is how he I, felt anyway. Why are we going to put him right. in the rafters in a, in a front row seat? He's bad-mouthing the guy like Live yeah. that kept us relevant from day one, who you called your boy when y'all played together. Now yeah. all of a sudden yeah. you're trying to get your little minutes of fame. And get you. Like, like Live said, I, I'm, I'm worth a lot. I bring his ass to a skyscraper and drop him off. And watch him splat. 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 I, have no, I have no love for him. If he had never said mm. nothing about you, and I might have said, you know what? Okay. The incident, yeah, yes, no. he could have handled better. They could have handled better. Okay, let's call it a draw. Ban him for like, mm-hmm. nah, maybe mm-hmm. not. But after he started talking, I'm like, man, they must have no. knew what he was thinking a long time ago. First of all, there are some people that said he was drunk. Now, whether that's a cover-up, mm-hmm. whatever. Right, right. I don't right, know. Right. I wasn't there, but... Me, being a grown man, somebody come to me and say, hey, you got to go. We're going to go in the hallway, and we're going to talk. Right. Right. First of all, I see right. everybody looking. The whole crowd's looking at me. Why do I want to embarrass myself? Whether I'm right or wrong, I'm a grown mm-hmm. man. How am I going to make a fool mm-hmm. out of myself on national television? Mind you. Right. We're right. going to go in the lobby. We're going we're gonna to talk this out. If you want me out, okay, I got to go. I'm not going to make a spectacle of the shit. Come on, man. Like Live said, this ain't well, my thing, house. Well, the, 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 the thing is, it, uh, look, it, it, I'm, not, uh, I'm not like all pro Oakley trying to defend him, but it wasn't like the Knicks gave him those tickets. He bought them personally. Right. So he has just as much of a right to be where he's seated just as much as any of us when we ever buy a ticket to go to the Garden to go watch a game. For what on whatever event we want to, it just so happened to be that his seat was about three rows behind James Dolan, <laughs> mm, 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 and mm, so mm. I can mm. understand why Dolan would probably ask for him to be moved, but not to be removed and, and, and kicked out of and kicked out of the arena because he's a, at the end of the day he is a Knicks legend, but he's also right. a customer. And and by default is protected by the Constitution, you know, uh, um, you know, you know, with civil liberties just as much as anybody else would. It's not like you saw him being disorderly, even though Dolan said that he was. It, it's not like you saw that he was drunk, which Dolan again says he was. We can't verify none of that. Right, right. Oakley says Oakley says that he, that, he didn't get, you know, that he wasn't like that. We had to take him for his word. Unfortunately, James Dolan, we already know, he knows how to spin shit. So, I mean, it is what it is. But yeah. I will say this, because you guys were talking about how Oakley is dog Patrick Ewing. And I, ha- and I have seen it. I have heard it. I've actually read it. I read his book. And I can say this. At least he's not Scottie Pippen talking shit about Michael Jordan. What's the oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Scotty is wicked. Scotty Scotty is wicked. Yeah, but that's equal. But I'm loving that, guys. though. I mean, you and you with our Michael Jordan. You can, yeah, you can yeah, split hands all yeah. you want, but you yeah. was our Jordan. Oh, he didn't win yeah. like Jordan. Right, 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 right. He was our Jordan, man. Come on. No, I, I gave but, up on people because all they want to do is talk. 
It's like the right. incident with, with Spike Lee. When Spike Lee was told, you can't come in this entrance no more, you got to go in that entrance. He goes on TV. He's trying to start a war. But five minutes after Dolan told you where to go, he actually walked up to you in the stadium. So if right. you had something to say, why didn't you say it then? No, you wait till you get on first take. You're putting your hands behind right. your back like right. the services get ready to arrest you. But you didn't do that when yeah. he came to you in the arena. But then again, you're supposed to be a grown-ass man. Hey, Steve, you can't come in this way no more. Here's where you come in. And they still gave you a special entrance to come in. But you want to get mm-hmm. on TV because it's Dolan and it's the Knicks, the team you so-called love, and you want to throw everybody under the bus. Well, yeah, that is a lot of In his defense, hold on, real quick, real quick. Hold on, real quick, hold on. I mean, that is a point in this culture now where there is some strategy to what Dom is saying where for clicks, for clout, for press, yeah. or, uh, or manufactured press for yourself. So, yeah, that's just one of the – there's a lot of that going on too. But, you know, go ahead, Al. In Spike Lee's defense in that one, it wasn't like Spike Lee probably called Stephen A. Smith and, 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 and had him there. I'm pretty sure that ESPN got a hold of him or Stephen, Stephen A. called him in person and said, yo, I need you on first thing tomorrow morning, and I need you to talk to me about what's going on with you in the Knicks. Mm. Especially, mm. especially since the history has been going around, because remember when, you know, when Spike Lee was getting, you know, um, this kind of, I feel it was disrespect by Phil Jackson when they started implementing the triangle offense and he tried to teach it to everybody. And then he, you know, he was, he was filming a, a film about that. And of course, oh, now Spike Lee doesn't know basketball. I, I don't know. Mm. It is what it is. Mm. Even, with that I think that's it. Even with that being said, Lodge, when he went on first tape, all the theatrics and all this bullshit, and nobody, nobody on ESPN, because they're just like what Steve said, clicks. They want clicks. And Nick's for clicks. It's very attentive. But do you think ESPN, did you think ESPN showed the clip of James Dolan walking up to him in the arena that same night, 20 minutes after he came in? Only, only right. we saw this shit? Really? Right. They, again, it, how many clips did no, I, I get? You know, I, like like I said, man, that, 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 it, that life must be, must be good, man, because like I said, for me, me personally, and, and, and both Oakley and, and, and um, and, and spike uh, situations, man. I would have had to pull them cats to the side. You know what I'm saying? Like, because first and foremost, I, I'm looking at I'm looking at Dick Barnett. Dick Barnett about about 150. He still got the same seats. You feel me? So my my whole thing is like, I'm not I'm not messing up my seat arrangement, right? So let's talk about it. I'm not I'm not I'm not messing my seat arrangement up for for the first sneeze that's wrong. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, okay, oh, oh I got to come through another ego with me, Spike Lee. Okay, you know what? Let me highlight this man Dolan before we get, you know, before I go on on, on ESPN and add his brother out. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying? That, that was my point with the Oakley thing, too. It, it's, there's, okay, look, you know what? There's a way we can handle this. I'm going to break all y'all jaws right later, but let me, let me, let me not mess up my seating arrangement, right? Because, again, Dolan might not own the Knicks forever, right? And and, and, and there is a legacy that, that, that you kinda as as Spike, as Oakley, that these brothers gotta gotta hold on to that that's not cachet with with the status quo. You gotta keep it for yourself. 
right? Because again, we seen Do- Do- Dolan kicked um um Nickabaga Ave man out, and he wasn't even in the in the arena. He was outside. <laughs> and banned him polite. So hey, so my hey, thing guys, is look. like this: is, look, let me let me highlight this man for a second and, and air that dude. Let me let me before I air him out on ESPN, let me highlight Dolan. So that's just me. Though. I want to say that's this. Real, I want to say this real quick point. Then, Abby, if you want to wrap up the uh, your thoughts on the entire fame entry, what we watched, and then we'll go on for final thoughts. But I'm with you, Dom. I'm not about putting every number in the Raptors, and I think they made an exception for you, obviously, because he broke uh, Clyde, uh, Clyde Drexler. I'm not Clyde Drexler. Clyde Frazier's scoring record. So that's the exception. Everybody else that's uh, up there won a chip, or they were part of the chip. Right. I'm cool with that arrangement. I'm not really trying to put Starks up there. Or everybody else, or Latrell Sprewell, right, Allen Houston. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ewing is the exception because obviously a homegrown first pick, you know, got far, scoring record and all that stuff. Anything you want to say about the Fenium entry that we watched? And uh, anything else you'd like to add? And then we're going to go kick in with the final thoughts after that. Sure. Um, the fanium entry, uh, unfortunately, because of, because of um, the Zoom, you couldn't hear everything that's going on. Um, and, of course, it got cut off too soon. But as it was getting cut off, it, um, it does dig, dig into the 1970s um, uh, championship winning teams, uh, um, you know, from 70 and 73. They actually talked to, uh, you know, super fans, you know, a lot older than, even a lot older than Dom and a lot older than us, talking about, you know, what their experiences was when, when they actually were at the game and how, you know, what the atmosphere of the city was. You know, then they go into a little bit more about, you know, how people view the 90s Knicks, how they viewed um, the situation with Dolan. What makes this, what makes you a Knicks fan? And that actually, you know, that question gets, you know, gets asked a lot. It got asked to, 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 um, to Matt Hatter. It got asked to me. It got asked to, to Hammer. It got asked to everybody. And I, and I can give you, the, you know, the, the cut and dry answer. It's these guys also on this thing, on, on this platform. It's you that you know that take the time to subscribe to this uh, platform. If you subscribe to any other platform, you know that, that that digs deep into the love, the fascination, the you know the the courage that it is to be a Knicks fan. And um, mm-hmm. I'm very proud of this. I'm glad that it did win an award. It won the Spirit of the City Award at the Harlem International Film Festival. It um, it's doing pretty well. Um, I'm proud to be part of it. Um, Keith Roberts is a talent that needs to be celebrated a whole lot more. He's a director. Um, Matt Hatter, best of luck to him on the, on the new commercial that's coming up. Um, hopefully, you, you know he can get me on on that one. But if not, it's all good. And um, thank you guys for watching it. Thank you guys for you know you know for sharing it and sharing your insights. If you have any more questions, please feel free. And um, yeah, bro. Um, I, I do have a question for you. About, sure. Let me ask you this real quick, and then we can get on final. My question that was from over a year ago, right? So, what would you add on to this documentary now that we know what happened from this past season with the you know Jalen Brunson? How would you add to the the narrative or the, your commentary on? If you had went through this past season with the Knicks, that lost to the Heat, that I, I would add just simply to you know that our our love and our fandom is paying off. Um, mm-hmm. We we've we weathered the storm. 
Um, there's so far, you know, nothing but good things, you know, on the horizon. The, the organization seems to be, you know, back in order. Um, there's a lot of potential with the current team and the current roster and the management in place. And, um, you know, I'm sure that everyone, you know, can, can view it on, on their social media feeds. They can see how many, how often the Knicks get mentioned, you know, when such and such player or whatever. I mean, Knicks for clicks is a real thing. And therefore, if you can tell that that's being, you know, that's still a very much um, valuable thing, it's not so much in, in, in terms of it being <clears throat> part of the jokes. It's finally paying off. It, will it pay off in the, in the end? Time will only tell, but it's finally paying off. And I can only say is that every person who listens to this, to this platform, who listens to me and listens to us and joins us, you know, week in and week out, night in, night out, and all those 3 a.m. shows that you and Steve, you and I did, where you, cut, you talked me off the ledge. Huh. It's finally paying. Uh, nah, it's, it, it's time. You know, to start benefiting from that, it's time to be proud again. Wear your orange and blue. Hope that um, I, I see some, some of you guys at opening night uh, at Madison Square Garden when OmniFan, I think Knicks Fan TV, is also come doing some like um, some kind of thing, and um, start enjoying it, man. Because you know the, the, the orange and blue train is, is really picking up. All right, let's kick it into the final thoughts. Uh... Dom, if you could get us your final thoughts, we'll go to Mr. Live, and then I'll go for some final thoughts, and then Av can close this out. Once again, Av, I mean, not Av, Dom, um, uh, your thoughts. I agree with a lot what you said on this episode. And once again, as far from the football side, uh, green number eight, man. Damn, that, that, man, I was kind of pulling for y'all to, for a little bit as a giant fan, my guy. Man, but anyway. Uh, as was I. Thoughts, man. As was I. I was a little bit. Hey, it, it, it happens. I don't want to say with curse. Some people say they will never be good until Joe Namath dies because he sold his soul to the <laughs> devil. But <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to go that far. But as far as this, guys, it was a great show. And I'll tell you, I, I enjoyed I've actually watched it a couple of times. So it, it was a great fanumentary, as you want to call it. And it was great. But I, I, I will say this because I'm tired of all the back and forth. And you bring up a good point with the numbers. This is just me. I believe Walt Frazier was the greatest Nick ever. We could say mm-hmm. Willis Reed, but mm-hmm. Clyde saved mm-hmm. us in game seven. Mm-hmm. Clyde was the one as great as he was. That took a back seat when we got Pearl, who became the voice of the Knicks, who became the voice of New York yeah. City before it was popular talking about the Knicks. So I always ha- I'll always have that soft spot for Clyde, him and Earl. But I always think that Walt Frazier was the greatest Nick. And when you talk about those seats at the Garden, fellas, there should be definitely one for Clyde until he's gone, until the, until the, yes. until the Garden is gone. There's, there's no debating yes. that. He, to me, yes. again, the greatest Nick ever. You know, long live Clyde. Yes, he may get a little corny on television sometimes, but he's our Woo! Clyde. The same Woo! way Pat was our Pat. And we can't take right. no slander when you talk about right. Pat or Clyde. So, like I have said, hey, guys, I I firmly believe we're going to be a fourth seed this year. I think the little baby steps we made are enough baby steps to alleviate some of the steps we didn't take last year. And I will end with this. Quentin Grimes will be that guy. He is going mm-hmm. to be that mm-hmm. difference maker if he becomes mm-hmm. 
that Quentin Grimes he's supposed to be. And think about yeah. those guys when, Knicks, when people talk about us Knicks and we should do this, we should do that. The Knicks are one of only three teams that last year had three starters in their lineup that were our draft picks. Think about that. For everybody that says we don't play the kids, we don't draft well, whatever, three of our starters were our draft picks, and the runner-up for sixth man of the year was our draft pick. So with mm-hmm. that combination, guys, hey, it could only get better, fellas. I, I think the right. days of the doldrums and the winning 17 games are over. Now it's time for us to keep doing these little baby steps. And who knows, guys? Who knows? To me, it's wide open. So let's, mm-hmm. let's go next, fellas. We're, we're, closing in on, we're closing in on training camp. Let's go. Thank you, Steve. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Live, you're Real up, live. brother. Your final thoughts. Yeah. So first off, salute to Knickerbocker Ave, man. You know what I'm saying? Like that documentary is crazy. Um, I, I know, you know, with your pops and, and your fandom tied into that to that one situation, I know it's crazy for you, brother. I, I, I actually felt it, and I salute you on that, man. I salute you, and, you and, and, and Dom, man, um, for y'all service, all right? You know what I'm saying? We, we can get into a whole heated debate about how I feel about the service, but that that end where y'all, y'all can inform and console these families, is God's work, okay? And, and I don't even think I could do it. They would they put me in the break. Nah, I ain't doing that. You feel me? That's God's work, man. So salute y'all twice on that, man, for real. As far as the Knicks go, I, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I'm, uh, the, the 90s is, has, has affirmed that my feeling is valid, right? I talk about the 90s is valid. Listen, it's only two moves to make this season, right? If it ain't for... If it ain't for Giannis and it ain't for no stretch 3 and D dude, lead the squad the way it is and, and call it call, call it a season, all right? Don't make no whole bunch of dumbass moves to 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 to, to, to mess up what chemistry is going is going to make right anyway. This team have been together for about two three years now. Right? Don't make no stupid moves. Don't 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 bail on, on, on RJ unless something crazy down the pipe comes. And not crazy and B. Okay? So that's that's just me, man. We need a three and we had a three and D guy, Cam Johnson, um um the other cat that's on there, Bridges, you know what I'm saying? Even even White beating uh, Bridges from Charlotte. I I, I mess around and, and rock with that dude for a minute. You know what I'm saying? We just need somebody at that three to make it a solid group. You understand what I'm saying? So that's my thing, man. Let's go, Knicks, man. We gonna be a, we gonna be a four C. That's that's definite because we gonna run cats out. I, I, I was with the little cats we got, little 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 squad we got now, and 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 I'm putting emphasis on little because you know, these cats shorter than than whatever. But we gonna run them out the out the gym this year. So I'm I'm good. I love my Knicks, man. I love my Knicks just the way they are, man. Two moves. That's it. If not, leave them alone. Wait till something. Something significant come down the pipe, man. Go Knicks, bleed blue, man. I love y'all dudes, man. I swear, man. This is this is better than the barbershop right here. Shout out to Mr. Live, man. Thank you very much, man. Av, congratulations and thank you to you for the, an awesome fanumentary. Like I told you before, documentary wise, this is the most close felt documentary related to me from a sports level because obviously us in close in age. Everything you vouch for or said in that documentary, I can relate to. 
because of the time error, the things I was feeling at the time. Great job, man. And, and then on this episode, I want to say thank you to both of you, Dom and uh, Av, as far as your service to the military. Um, you know, to see those images and you guys sharing your stories and why you guys do the things that you do, nothing but the most respect for you guys, man. And then, yeah, it was a great conversation with all you guys. Uh, we touched on a lot of topics, man. This, we want to switch a little, things a little bit up before we get back into some preseason ba- uh, basketball in uh, in October. So in two weeks, uh, we'll be back on – let's see. We'll, let's see. What's the calendar? We, we'll be back on the 4th, the 18th. Matter of fact, the 4th, and, the 4th we'll, we'll do coming back to our format, first 45, next, next 45 uh, NBA. October 18th, we got a preseason game. We could talk uh, some preseason hoops, post-game versus the Washington Wizards. And then we'll be back full-time like we normally would uh, versus the Boston Celtics. October the 25th, we'll have a full post-game. So in pretty much how we have done in the uh, during the season, uh, we'll be uh, – when the Knicks are playing on Wednesday, post-game immediately after the game. But if the Knicks do not play – We'll talk a little next and the rest of the NBA, so we make sure we cover the entire sport. And Nickelbacker Av, take us home. Thank you very much, sir. Take us home. Ladies and gentlemen, I, 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 I am very blessed and thankful for the brothers that I have on this platform. Live, Dom, Steve. In the past, I had a sim. We had Marlo. We had so many guys on there, and I, and, and I want to say thank you to all of them. Um, if I, if I don't mention you, I, I apologize, but I'm mentioning all these guys because, you know, this is a brotherhood. And without their, you know, you guys to teach me and to keep me in line, that time you mentioned would, would have probably have stopped. Um, and, I, and I probably would not not been any good in it. But um, so thank you to you guys. Um, if you haven't seen it, folks, do yourself a favor. Go on Amazon Prime. Search up Orange and the Blues. And download it. I think it's like two bucks, to, you know, just to order it. And you get to watch a good documentary and a kind of like a history of Knicks fans, you know, from the comfort of your own home. And maybe you can relate to Matt Hatter. Maybe you can relate to Mike Hamersky. My Maybe you can relate to me or to my father or to any or, or, or any any of the, of the great personalities that were involved in this in this production and in this project. Shout out to Keith Roberts again, left hand uh, uh, on, on left turn productions. Um, thank you so much for um, you know for, for reviewing this today. Thank you to Matt Hatter. Thank you to everybody that I've you know that I've encountered on this journey. And um, you know Dolan, if being a if being an owner is so so bad, then please do us all a favor and do yourself a favor too. Sell the Knicks. Yeah. Sell the Rangers. Yeah. And get out of my, and get and just get out of just get out of the sports own owning um, business because if you, and it's something that you don't like to do if you don't have the passion for it, sir. This is not yeah. enough because you, you for, for you know for personal reasons or or because of your decision. If you do not like it, if you don't have a love and a passion for it, put, give it to someone who does. Right. Give it back to the people. Give it back to the city. Give it back to somebody. I don't. Whatever you do, but make sure you get your money. You deserve it. But if you don't, but if it's too much for you, then I say get out. Fans, you heard Steve. We'll be back in two weeks, and then we'll be back in the swing of things. Yeah. As always, Nickelbacker have on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. 
orange and blue, all day, 24 7, 365, 366 on the leap. And if you don't, if you haven't done so already, check out the archives and you could probably find, you know, how long ago was that? Like seven or eight years ago where I probably, where you guys talked me off the ledge? Yeah, I would not be here if it wasn't for Steve Marlowe on the <laughs> I remember being up like, what, 2 o'clock in the morning talking this shit with you guys, man. 2 o'clock. And then, and, yeah. We knew the season was lost. We was just talking out, man. It was some therapy, some real therapy, man. Real talk. And this is way and, before COVID. This is, man, just, man, how are we going to get through this? Just talked it out, man. Just talked it out. And you know what? It, it, you know, for everybody out there who's having a next conversation, Shout out to you in the barbershops, on the stoop, at the water cooler at work, wherever you're having it. Shout out to you. Bleed orange and blue all day. Orange and the blues. Nickelbacker have one of the stars. Signing out. Good night, everybody. A finger to the rest, here we go for the next. It's like six. A finger to the rest, here we go for the next. It's like six. A finger to the rest, here we go for the next. It's like Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, 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 blee blue.